Hi, everyone. I'm Cindy Stewart, and welcome to my podcast. Each week, we will talk about how to live our lives in God's fullness. My goal is to encourage, equip, and empower you. I have included show notes that highlight the points of this message. You can also find all the information on my website, cindy-stewart.com. I am so excited about sharing this journey with you. So let's begin. Yeah, I was in Minnesota last week, and uh, I was flying in last night, and they diverted our flight because of the storms. So I should have gotten in at 9.30. We went to Fort Myers, and uh, I thought, well, if we're staying there, I'm not driving home at, you know, midnight. So I figured I'd just stay the night. But the guy was like, nope, we just don't, we don't have enough fuel to just circle. So we're going to land, we're going to refuel, and by then the storms will pass through. So it was really nice to get home and be back in my own bed. A lot of amazing things happened in Minnesota. I'm going to share a little bit about that. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I was at Women on the Frontline and Women in Ministry Network, which uh, I'm a part of the Women in Ministry Network with Patricia King. And, you know, it's interesting to be with a lot of people that you're not normally with that you don't see on a regular basis, that you don't engage with on a regular basis. Because what happens is you you learn what God is doing in other places, around the world, around the country, and uh, and it's, it stretches you because you're thinking, wow. And it also confirms because a lot of what's going on, you know, in Phoenix and Houston and all these different places is going on here. And when Chuck was talking about, you know, Jason Clements, he's the pastor of the Fellowship of Believers here in Tarpon, uh, coming here to do the Waymaker on Friday night, uh, and then, of course, Rodney Hare Brown coming the following Thursday, it's really about God bringing our region together. It's about people. I mean, we've known Jason and them for probably 20 years, and uh, they were littler then. They're young and maybe not quite that long, but close. I mean, we've known for a long time, but, you know, God is God is raising up people that you wouldn't normally hang out with and have coffee with because he has a greater purpose for our region. And it's the flexibility of one another to say, yes, you know, Jason was like, he sent me a text and said, he calls me Miss Cindy. Hey, Miss Cindy. And you can tell the age difference and, and how he met me. He was obviously, you know, a younger kid. And um, he says, hey, Miss Cindy, we're going to have uh, this revival thing because God is just talking to us about revival in our region. And we're going to have this revival thing. And my brother Chris is flying in from Houston. And, and uh, this uh, whoever this is is coming from Bethel. And we've got these worship people all around that are going to st- come and do it with us. And we just want to let you know about it. And I said, well, where's it going to be? I said, do you have any more information? He goes, we don't know. We don't really have a place. Maybe we're going to rent a hotel or something like that. I said, well, why don't you just come have it at our place? He's like, really? (laughs) But, you know, that's what God wants to do. He wants us to have such a generous spirit toward one another that we can facilitate something bigger that he's trying to do as opposed to saying, well, I hope that works out for you. You know, he was so excited, and so his best friend, they, when you see him, when you come on Friday, they'll be together. They actually kind of look like twins. You know, big, burly, you know, big bearded guys, and they kind of look like twins. And so, and they're married to sisters. So they're so cute, and one of them has three boys, and one of them has three girls. 
So they're just the sweetest family ever. And so uh, Brian calls me at 6.15 in the morning. Of course, I am up. But when I'm in Minnesota, he's like, Miss Cindy. I'm like, hi, Brian. He said, do you know who this is? I'm looking at my phone going, yes, hi, Brian. How are you? He said, I know you're an early person, so I had to call you early. I said, well, I'm in Minnesota. He goes, that's okay. (laughs) I'm like, okay. But, you know, he's so excited. He said, how can we serve you guys for the Rodney Howard Brown? We want to come, but let us come over. Let us do whatever we can do, you know. And I said, well, we're going to need a few chairs. He's like, we'll have them there. You know, we're going to load up my truck. We'll bring them over next Sunday. You know, there is this generous spirit, this excitement of what God is doing that we're just falling all over each other trying to serve each other. You know, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? And uh, Jason came and met with Chuck last week, and, and, and this is the first conference he's done. So Chuck was like, well, have you thought about these things? He's like, no, I don't know anything about that stuff. <laughs> and we're like, we'll help you, you know, make this thing what God has put on your heart. And really, that is, that is what is rising up in the body. And, and not that it hasn't always been there. Uh, but maybe it hasn't always been as fluid or as across the board as what's happening. So the, so the next couple of weeks is exciting because, you know, normally we would have a revival experiment this month. But they are our revival experiment. We don't have to do something different so it's just us. You know, we talked about, we, we felt like there was supposed to be an increase of something. And got, and then we get these two calls. Here's your increase. Just like you were praying about. You know, God sent people to my house so I can get them saved. God's like, absolutely, I can answer that prayer. It's so easy for him to answer that prayer for us because it is exactly what he's called the body to do. is to rise up and unite. So it's kind of fun thinking about all this. And when I was in um, uh, Minnesota, it was it was great because it was the first night I was there. It was 58 degrees. I was like, I rolled down the windows. I was like, oh, this is so good. They're like, aren't you cold? And I'm like, no. And then, you know, the next day, next two days, it warmed up a little bit. It was like 80. So I go through Starbucks. But it was only probably about 70-something. I go through Starbucks, give me a cup of coffee. She's like, man, it is hot, isn't it? I'm like, it's like spring to me. <laughs> I said, no. I told her I was from Florida. It was like 95 degrees there. She's like, how do you do it? I'm like, I don't know. But it, it was really nice. But it was so funny because I haven't really spent a lot of time in the Midwest, right? I guess that's is Minnesota Midwest. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm driving, and there's the interstate, and I'm going across the bridge, and there's a turkey crossing the on-ramp. And I thought, that's kind of like our alligators. Did y'all see the picture of the alligator doing the crosswalk the other day up in Pasco County? And all the cars blocked it so it could get across safely? I'm not sure I would have been that generous. But, but you know, it's interesting. Just that, you know, you just don't think of those cultural differences. But anyhow, uh, it was fun being in Minnesota. It was, it was great. It was exhausting. It's, you know, 8 in the morning till 10 at night every single day. Um, because they think we can endure that long. <laughs> there were days that I was sitting there and I was thinking, I'm just numb. 
But, you know, because you're standing the whole time, your feet hurt, and but it was fun. It was worth it. But there are a couple things that, it, there was one theme across the whole conference. And even though that wasn't the name of the conference, that's what we all spoke about. And it's about shift, change, new season, transition, call it whatever you want, but how there's a new wine being poured out. And it's an accelerated wine. You know, it's, it's, it's not being poured out drip by drip. It's being poured out gallon by gallon. And we've got to have the new container to put it in. Otherwise, we won't be able to take care of it. So there's just such a new wine of God being poured out on us. And, and we know that throughout history, and I'm not going to do a history lesson today. And you're like, oh, thank goodness. She couldn't even get her mic on this morning. I can't imagine what that would look like. But, but, but you know, it, there, you know, there are seasons where God, there's this sovereign acceleration of God. The, the, the healing movements, the, you know, the Billy Graham where people are being uh, saved right and left. I mean, there are sovereign moves of God. And right now, this move of God is about raising up the body who are willing to unite and steward a shift, a change in season, a wine that's being poured out that they don't understand. And when we think about Pentecost, that's exactly what happened. There was a pouring out of the Holy Spirit that they knew was coming because Jesus said it was coming, but they didn't understand what it was going to look like. We don't understand what this looks like. And as, you know, as we, you know, went through this process for four days last week, you could hear in everybody that there's change happening in their lives. There's change happening in their ministries. There's things happening, change happening in their churches, even though they can't quite articulate what it, what the map is. You know, I can't articulate exactly where I go, I'm going. I just know that we are going. And what it did for me is it, it just reconfirmed what God has called us as the gathering family to do is to steward this shift of revival that's happening that doesn't look like the Brownsville revival. It doesn't look like the Toronto outpouring. It doesn't look like Lakeland. It doesn't look like anything else. And I sat on a panel. Um, they, they had a panel uh, called Miracles in the Supernatural. And I sat on a panel with um, these amazing generals that have been doing it for like 40, 50 years, you know, Patricia King. And Joan Hunter and Katie Souza, not that long, but, uh, and, uh, I don't know if y'all know Cindy McGill. Do you guys know Cindy McGill? She is amazing. She has for years, probably, I don't know how, 20 or 30 years, she has gone after the pornography industry. She goes into the, um, pornography conventions and she brings a team of people and they do dream interpretations. They have a wheel that you spin, and whatever it lands on, you get your destiny read. They do, I mean, they do all these things to help connect people to the heart of God. And she's been doing that for years, and uh, over the last, I think about 10 years, she's been going to the Burning Man. And I don't know if you guys know what that is, but... um, She said that it's gotten to a place where, you know, everybody comes out and camps. But she said those tents are not like tents. 
they have trucks bringing in these luxury tents and all this kind of stuff. But you know what she said, and I thought this was so interesting. She said, you know, we adapt our language to their language so they can connect with the Holy Spirit. But she was talking about how they have, uh, you know, they invite people in for spiritual cleansing, <laughs> deliverance, you know, uh, uh, destiny readings prophecy and she says that they you know it's so easy to connect to the heart of people when you can display the love of God and not not look at what's going on but look at who God has created them to be and they have had amazing results and uh, you know now they're considered the sought after you know where would you like your tent we're going to put you in the middle of the pornography uh convention so everybody can get to get their destiny reading and all that kind of stuff in fact she was invited they were invited and now they go to the 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 one they've been going to was in las vegas and they were invited and now for the past few years they've been going to also to the largest one in the country which is in los angeles and just getting people saved and getting people the heart for what god has for them they, you know that's this kind of crazy revival and not everybody's meant for that um That would be Rifka's not meant for that. <laughs> but, but you know, it's a, but when we step out in what God has called us to do, there's just such fruit in that. And just listen to that. And she said something interesting. She said, you know, God didn't hurt you. People who don't know how to love are the ones who hurt you. So get back to God. So he can heal all of that. So it was really interesting. Anyhow, and uh, Jessica Kulanis, who I don't know if you all know who she is. She's Benny Hinn's daughter. But I wanted to share something that her and Joan Hunter said. And Joan Hunter is the daughter of Francis and uh, Charles Hunter. The Happy Hunters um, had a huge he- healing ministry. You know, they've gone to be with the Lord since then. But both of them talked about, you know, being with their parents through all these great revivals, through, you know, Every wheelchair being emptied, all seeing everything, being taught by their parents. But they also talked about, uh, and they didn't quite use this phrase, but they didn't inherit their family's ministry. They had to go after what God had for them in order to bring it forward. You know, Joan has a huge healing ministry, and uh, but she she was taught, she was a part of it, but she had to own. What God had given her. And, and I think that's. And same with Jess. Uh, she had to own her call. And what God had given them. None of us inherit anything from anyone. You know other than Jesus. But what we do is we go after. What God has called us to do. And when we're able to actually. Own it. Take ownership of it. Then we're able to. Really live in a, a greater fullness. And we all know that when we're called to do things that are way out of our comfort zone or that, or that we feel like, no, yeah, I'm not a prophet. Come on. I'm not a prophet. You know, when we, when, when we struggle with, with God's promotion, then we don't walk in the fullness of what God has given us. Because we're, we're going back and forth. You know, we're vacillating. Yeah, I know I have that. But really stepping out and saying I'm a prophet to the nation or the region or... You know, we struggle, so we don't really own the fullness of our identity. And God wants us to own it. 
We're going to own being the church. We're going to own being born again believers that can change our region, that can change the world. That's what God is raising up. That's what revival looks like. It's an identity that we own that brings transformation to everything around us. And when we waver, then it's hard for us to fully impact the people God sends to us or the place that we work because we're wavering. We've got to own it. Anyhow, I was doing this miracles and uh, supernatural, um, uh, what it was called, a panel. And it was interesting to see that the things that we do here, they're doing there. God is raising up people who want to work in miracles and supernatural, who want to work in the prophetic. And he's, he's calling all of us. So it was interesting. So I want to read Acts because it is Pentecost today. And I want to pray for Israel while y'all are turning Acts 2 because we want the whole world saved. But, but there's that passion and that heart uh, for Israel too. And uh, next year, I'll send, I'll, when I get the information, I'll put it out. Uh, Patricia is doing a cruise to Israel with God TV. And it's going to be really amazing. Just an incredible lineup of people. But anyhow. So let me just pray. So Father, we cry out today for salvation. We cry out today for Israel. That, that there will just be an opening of eyes to see their Messiah. That Yeshua will be so evident to them. As they celebrate. And Lord, just as, as we're all having this wave of revival come across us, we're asking for an outpouring of greater measure for Israel. And we just thank you, Lord, for this great harvest that you're doing in a most unusual way. And we just bless and honor you, Jesus. Amen. So we're going to read a little of Acts 2 and, um, and celebrate. That's right. I have one person that's ready to celebrate. Okay, Acts 2.1. So when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound came from heaven like a rushing violent wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them tongues resembling fire, which were being distributed among them. And they rested on each of them as as each person received the Holy Spirit. You know, we all have had that tongue of fire on us as we've received the Holy Spirit. And they were all filled, that is, diffused throughout their being with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak out clearly and appropriately. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout and God-fearing men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound was heard, a crowd gathered, and they, they were bewildered, because each one hearing those in the upper room speaking in his own language or dialect, they were completely astonished, saying, Look, are not all those who are speaking Galileans? This is how it is. Oh, then how is it that each of us hear in our own language or native dialect? And then verse 17. Oops, too far. 
And it shall be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all mankind. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall divinely shall see divinely prompted visions. And your old men shall dream divinely prompted dreams. Even on my bond servants, both men and women, I will in those days pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. I will bring about wonders in the sky and signs attesting miracles on the earth, blood and fire and smoke and vapor. And the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes. And it shall be that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, invoking, adoring, and worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ, shall be saved, rescued spiritually. And then I want to move over to 37. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. With remorse and anxiety. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what are we to do? And Peter said to them, Repent, change your old way of thinking, turn from your sinful ways, accept and follow Jesus as the Messiah, and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, because of the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your children and for all who are far away, including the Gentiles, as many as the Lord our God calls to himself. And Peter solemnly testified and continued to admonish and urge them with many more words, saying, Be saved from this crooked and unjust generation. You know, it's funny because one of the other things that was repeated over and over was this call to holiness. You know, we've been preaching it for the last four months or five months or however long. But but everything else is secondary to that call of holiness. And, and God is calling us to this holy lifestyle that really is, you know, it really is hard to even put our head around. Because holiness is not... Um, Integrated in our society. And we know that as God is calling people to holiness. Do you need Karen? I know I was looking for you. As God is calling people to holiness. Then what we're seeing out there. Is extreme unholiness. It's like we were talking about how God is raising up women. This is a season where women are raising, being raised up. Um, men you've already been raised up. So don't feel, don't feel neglected. You're already there. But what it is, and, and of course in our church, I, you know, I know all you guys, you're so supportive and encouraging of the women around you. And, and what's happening is as women are rising up in this holiness and in this, this, uh, uh, where they're seeing more, this, this influence, what are we seeing? We're seeing the opposite. You know, in the government, we're seeing these women that are not representing women in any form or fashion the way they should be represented. So we're seeing, you know, when, whenever there is a move of God, there's always a counterfeit move against God. So whenever there's a call right now for holiness and repentance, what do we see? The most absurd, weird stuff that is so demonic and so full of yuck that sometimes you hate to even flip through your news feed. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to say this or not. Let me think about it. 
Let me just think about that for a minute. <laughs> okay, so anyhow, and that's what we're seeing because the church is being called to holiness and we're rising up and saying yes to it. And so what we're seeing around us is this complete opposite, stinky, yucky, anti-God move. But the, the holier we respond to God's call, the more we're going to be able to counteract what's going on out there. You know, uh, one of the things I spoke on while I was out there was um, about business. And really what I talked about was how God has given us his excellence so that we can be a representation to him in every form of business that we encounter. You know, all of us at some level work or have worked and, and God, God has given us excellence and, and working with other businesses because I, I do some consulting with businesses. They're looking for people with excellence. They're not looking for, uh, you know, not everybody's looking for Christians because they can't actually put that on their application unless there's some kind of within their, like a school, a Christian school that requires Christian training, that type of thing. But you can't put on your application, on your applications, uh, are you a born again, baptized in the spirit, filled person? No. But they're looking for people of excellence. And we are the people of excellence that they're looking for. And God's given us that excellence, his excellence within us, so that we're able to bring wisdom, revelation. We're able to give them uh, uh, problem-solving solutions that they need because we carry the one that has all the answers. And that's, and that's, I don't even know why I got off on that, but anyhow, I forgot what I was talking about. But, but really, it's this excellence that got in the holier and the more excellent we get, the more unholy and, and unexcellent the outside world gets. Because the enemy is doing exactly the opposite of what God is doing. And when we get in that place of just, just being fully wrecked for God and, and going after that holiness and saying, I'm not willing to have anything but holiness, then we're able to see the darkness. And, and we need to understand that even within the church body, there is plants from the enemy to try to cause uh, dissension between us, to try to cause division between us, uh, one of the biggest moves in the body of Christ is witchcraft right now. And you think, no. Yes. Because it's that manipulation and control that, that is breaking apart the body because the leaders don't have the wisdom, they don't have the discernment, or they don't have the, the, the support around them to help figure it out. We have the support to figure that out in this place. But but there's a lot of places that are struggling because there's such witchcraft within their church. And in fact, uh, one of my friends was telling me that uh, on on the board was a witch on the board of their church. She's a good witch. She's a white witch. You know, white witches are good witches. So that's okay. What is that? But that's what God's, God's calling us to sift. 
You know, he's calling us to say, we are not, this is not what we're going to do. We're not going to do it. In fact, one of the one of the speakers that were speaking, they said, I don't care if there's five people in the room. It doesn't make any difference. If, if five people want to go after Jesus, that's the five I want. And that's that's where we're that's where we're seeing the shift of the body, because we're going to see churches and we're going to see the body of Christ. That's going to rise up almost like, um, you know, like the top of a souffle while I was riding on the airplane. I watched a lot of. Food networks, because there's nothing on. But, you know, the top of the souffle, how it's kind of creamy and kind of fluffy. We're going to see a level of the body of Christ rise up. And there'll still be this other body that's in the little uh, uh, ramekin. But but they're not going to be willing to rise up out of tradition, out of religion, you know, out of uh, committees. I'm not saying that organization isn't good because we are organized. Because if we weren't, we would just be messy. But, I mean, you've got to have organization. You've got to have administration. You've got to have structure. You've got to. But what I'm saying is that God is calling us, us as a body, to rise up to his occasion. And his occasion is holiness. It is purity. It is the willingness to to stand and confront the darkness and say, no, we are not going to entertain that. We're going to listen to the wisdom of, of, of our body to help us break the stronghold that may try to come against us. And, you know, I was thinking about Ananias and Sapphira in Acts 5, and I'm not going to read that whole thing, but... You know, when you think about what happened there, you know, they sold their possessions and then they lied about what they got and all that. But when you think about it, they broke holiness. You know, here's this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They're all coming together as one. They're devoted to worshiping God. They're devoted to to doing, uh, you know, everything that God had called them to do. There's this outbreak. There's this revival movement. And then here comes this couple that wants to break it. Because that's what sin does. It breaks the movement. If you allow sin to, to permeate, if you, if you um, accept the sin and say, oh, that's okay. Jesus is going to bring them along. No. That's why he gave us each other. Jesus isn't going to bring us along. He's telling you to help them come along. That's why we're in body life. And so Ananias and Sapphira decided we've got this plan. And we're going to try to, we're not only we're going to lie, but really we're manipulating and controlling the situation. And we're going to want everybody to think that we're so awesome and we're just like them when we've got this deceit in our heart. And we're going to look at the apostle and tell him, oh, yeah, here's our gift. And then we're going to lie to him after he asks us that direct question. Now, Peter could have said, well, I said, you know, he knew, in the, he knew the Holy Spirit was saying that's not true. But he could have said, you know, they'll learn on their journey. But the Holy Spirit was like, no. It needs to stop now because if you let that sin penetrate what is happening in the body, then it stops it. Because you know 
that if we if we coddle one, then the other one comes in, then the other one comes in, then the other one comes in, and it doesn't mean that if someone sins in this body, they're suddenly going to die. Come on, but but really, part of our body life is being accountable to one another and accountable doesn't mean controlling because back in the old days that's what it meant i'm going to control your life so if you breathe i'm going to make sure that you get smacked around enough and that everybody knows it that's not what it means it means that i love you so much that when i see that step i'm going to help you get your foot back on the right path because love is not going to allow you to fall Love is going to help you get back on. And that's what the revival is looking like now. It's all about the love of Jesus being embraced in the body that goes with holiness. It goes with obedience. It goes with outpouring. It goes with the supernatural. There's going to be so many things that we don't understand. And we'll all discern and learn together. But it's all based out of this love for the holiness of God. And that's where Ananias and Sapphira missed it. They thought it was about the money. They thought it was about pretending to be generous. They thought about that it was okay to be to have a duality. That I can be a part of a body, but then I can have this other little thing going on. And nobody's going to know. But you know if there's if the spirit is moving in a body. People are going to know when you think they don't know. And people will start praying for you because they know something's going to have to be broken off in order for you to get the fullness of what God has for you. And that's what love is. That is what love is. That we will pray and that we will go after and that we won't be willing to let you live outside the fullness of God. That's that's really what it's all about. <laughs> uh, I forget where it was. Oh, verse 41. So then those who accepted his message were baptized. And on that day, about 3,000 souls were added to the body of believers. They were continually and faithfully devoting themselves in the instruction of the apostles and to the fellowship, to eating meals together and to pray and to prayers. A sense of awe was felt by everyone, and many wonders and signs attesting miracles were taking place through the apostles. We're gonna we're gonna see even more of that. You know, we're seeing it now. We are seeing it now. But we're we're gonna see it in in, in um you know, it's funny, you can't quite put words. It's not really greater measure. It's not really, you know, it's hard to put words on that. But I think what we're going to see, what I'm sensing, and actually what I heard quite a bit, is we're going to see um, uh, more continuous outpouring instead of spot points. You know, there's going to be a continuous outpouring of miracles and signs and wonders and healing. And there's going to be this continuous outpouring of body believers coming together. And we want to pray. We're going to start doing some intercessory prayer and doing some stuff more like that. And 
uh, for, for us as a gathering in August, uh, eat up in July because in August we're going to do some fasting and praying and, uh, so <laughs> show up your bones. <laughs> but you know, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take intercession. It's going to take family hearts. People who are part of a family and want the family to arise because God didn't call us to be what America has deemed a church. God has called us to be a body. He's called us to be a family. He's called us to all be a part of each other. And, you know, we understand that when when we live in places like we live here, we don't all live in the na- same neighborhood. You know, when, when I grew up, we all lived in the same neighborhood. You know, we don't we don't all live five minutes from each other. So body ha- life has to be intentional. You know, some of us live in St. Pete. You know, some of us live up in Hudson. So, you know, we're all spread out. But body life has to be intentional. We have to work a little harder at body life. Because it's not like we can say, oh, you know, we we always had extra food in our house at dinner because there was always somebody extra there. Whether it's the neighbors across the street or, you know, it, we never thought twice about it. But we, we don't have that luxury where we specifically live today. So body life for us is going to take a little bit more work of getting to know each other. And uh, Kim's been uh, keeping up with everybody. She's getting everybody's birthdays and all that kind of stuff. We're going to do a, a volunteer lunch at the end of the month, which you've got some information, but don't have it all. You'll have it all soon. But, we, you know, we're just trying to get a little bit more body life. And it takes intentionality. It takes a little work. But that's what the revival looks like. It looks like a body life, whether we live next door to each other or 20 miles from each other. That's what body life is. It's a body life that when we look around and say, you know, hey, I told Joel this morning, I said, oh, when worship started, I saw, uh, I saw Caitlin come in and everything, but I didn't see Joel. And I worship, all of a sudden, I just started praying for Joel. And then I turned around, and he was there. And I was like, oh, he's translating. No, he drove, he drove in with the family. But, you know, it, that's what body life is. It's just all of a sudden, when somebody comes to our heart, it's just that intercession for them. And that thought, God, you know, I just thank God for them. And I just lift them up to you. And then that maybe that text or that call, because body life is going to look different for us. And God is calling us to a greater body life that isn't going to look like it did in Acts 2. You know, for a long time, the big thing was, uh, let's go back to Pentecost. You know, that was being taught a lot and preached a lot. But, you know, we can't go backwards because God's building on every day. Every moment, every year, you know, he's building. He doesn't want us to go back and try to be 300 people in a room and eating every day together and all that kind of stuff. You know, who's going to cook all that? That's what I want to know. Where's my cookers? Rod. (laughs) But, you know, you know, we can't go backwards. We have to go forward. And going forward, we go forward with the unknown. We don't know what the forward looks like. We just know that God's calling us forward and he's causing us to rise up. I'm going to share a couple of things from um, this article from Charisma Magazine. And I'm actually going to post it on the Gathering Facebook page. And if you don't have Gathering, maybe I'll have Jenny send it out for me in our little Gathering group. But it was talking about, I actually don't remember the title and I didn't print it out. But anyhow, it was talking about the church is coming to an end. The way it is now. And uh, 
we won't debate that left or right. But what it, what it is talking about and what I agree, what I just felt like it was so clear and I sent it out to all our elders and to our leaders and is that we're going to be regionally and nationally focused. We're not going to be so focused on, you know, can I get 500 people in here? Can I get, you know, let's let's see how big we can build that kind of stuff. Not that that's not important, but the focus is going to be the bigger picture. Um, and everybody participating. You know, there's not one or two people. It takes everybody to make it work. And we're so fortunate at gathering. That, that is actually, that, that's, that's been our model for forever. But here's the one thing that I love. And uh, because we've done this and we haven't under, really understood it. It says that uh, we're, be, we're going to become unpredictable and spontaneous. Now, for you guys who love predictability and, 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 and certainty, you're going to become, I'm declaring it, unpredictable and spontaneous. And your unpredictability and your spontaneity is going to look different from mine, but we are as a body. Because we're going to be so yielded to what God wants to do that we're really willing to step into uh, the little mosh pit that he has for us. Not knowing, you know, how's that going to actually turn out. But it's a good thing because it's going to say uh, revelation-driven churches will continue with a roar of the supernatural intercession. uh, Prayer-fueled musicians and singers. uh, That there's going to be even more um, uh, uh, distinctive prophetic Prophetic assignments for us. And there was one other thing. Let me turn to this page and see. Oh, and, this, and the focus on spiritual growth. That the goal is deep and to grow spiritually. And uh, the other thing that it talked about is that the word is going to be the forefront with the spirit. There's going to be deep, challenging teaching and that will be infused with revelation and and the word is going to be the forefront again. I was listening to one of the people speaking, and they were saying that um, uh, in their ministry, they were told that they just said the name of Jesus too much. Not by one person, by their kind of sphere of influence. That if they could tone down that and not and kind of keep the Holy Spirit to the side, tone it down, not say Jesus too much, uh, then they would do much better. And uh, and the question is, who are they doing it for? And that really is the question for all of us. What do we do and who, who are we doing it for? And that's what they said. They said, it is so much about Jesus. You know, we can just stand up here and say Jesus over and over and over again. Because that is why we're here. That's what we're doing. But that's where we'll see a, a separation in the church. You know, it, it's not that we aren't still all the body. It's just that that there's going to be a body of people that are willing to scream the name of Jesus without apology. There, there's a body of people that are willing to go and grab a hold of this person, whether they know him or not, because they know that the Holy Spirit has got something for them. You know, there's a body of people that are willing to say, I, I, I'm just going to live a life of holiness 
just devoted unto God to what his word says because I can't live any way any other way. And 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 I can't worry about what other people say about me or to me. That cannot be my concern anymore. I've got to go all the way with this. I've got to do it the way Jesus has laid the plan for me to do, even though I don't understand what it actually looks like every day. I mean, we don't. But, you know, it's interesting because I really think that this uh, really stewarding this movement, not controlling it, but really stewarding and praying through us as a body, continually praying every day, God, just open up opportunity for this greater experiment that you have us on for this greater revival that you're preparing for us because we're obviously we've been you know acts 2 has been fulfilled the outpouring of the holy spirit but but the things that jesus said i was i was telling i think karen earlier the thing that jesus said is i have so much more to give you but you can't bear it right now so our prayer is god pushes to the point where we can't bear anymore and then give us more Enlarge us, expand us, so we're able to receive more. Because I don't want to go through my life where Jesus said, I'd love to give you more, but, but you're just not stewarding what I give, I've given you. Or you're just not willing to receive more. No, God, you know, I want more. I want it all. So when I get to the place where I can't bear anymore, then give me some more. Stretch me. It's kind of like lifting weights, you know. You start with two pounds. Or maybe 50 or 100 pounds. I don't know. <laughs> I start with 5 pounds. But then we, you know, it gets heavy. But you build your muscle. And then you then you up a little bit. 8 pounds. Then 10 pounds. And, uh, you know, in, until you can bear more. That's what we have to do. We're in, we're in weight training. God wants us to be able to bear even more. He wants to give us immeasurably more than we could ever expect or imagine. That's what he has for us. So he's told me that it's more than I can expect. It's more than I can imagine myself. It's more in some, uh, this is Ephesians 3.20. It's more in some versions that says that I can dream about. So God's already told me that I don't even have the capacity to understand what he's going to give me. So if I don't have the capacity, then all I can say is bring it. Bring it. And you expand my capacity so I can, so I can receive you know, I want to be a weightlifter for Jesus. When I get to heaven, I want him to go, you know. <laughs> those big muscles, <laughs> you carried it well. You know, that's what we want to be. We want to be those weightlifters for Jesus. And so we can take even more and more and more. And the only way to do it is to go after it. It comes out of a secret place. It comes out of spending time with him. And it comes out of saying, God, I know I can't bear anymore. But expand my capacity for more. Because I don't want to stay where I am. Even though I don't understand where I'm going. All I know is I wake up every morning and it's new. And that you've got a surprise for me for the day. And I want the fullness of that surprise. So make me muscular. Give me that big neck. So I can carry this big head with all the revelation. Okay, you can tell I didn't get quite enough sleep last night. <laughs> okay, so I think that's really all I have. But, yeah, I, I really think that um, this is so much fun and so exciting. Like I said, being with everybody and hearing their stories and everybody sharing. And uh, our women in ministry, we have a day just us. And, um, 
and we took time for everybody to have two minutes to share what God is doing. And when you've got, I don't know how many women they had there, but there were a ton of them. took a long time. But it was good. But, you know, when you're hearing two minutes of God's amazing work in people's life, you're just, one, one lady shared this testimony. She's a young girl. She's like, I didn't graduate from high school. Uh, my parents kicked me out of the house when I was 15. And she said, I got my GED. And now I have a management position in a major corporation. And they know who I am. They know I didn't go to college. They know I got my GED. They know I lived on the street when I was a teenager. And she said, I'm in management. You know, that's what God does for us. This favor. And when we hear this favor, uh, we just don't know what to do with it. We're like, you know, we have such generous spirits. It's not like we look and say, why didn't God do that for me? No, we're like, God, we are celebrating what you've done for her because as she got that breakthrough, she's going to take so many other people with her in that breakthrough. So teach me to steward my breakthrough well so I can take others with me. It was just amazing to hear all those testimonies. It was really incredible. And it encouraged us uh, in what God is doing. But anyhow... I know we are in a good season. And I know God is doing good things for all of us. And I also know that the harvest is here. And and just like you guys were talking about, they just need that love extended to them so they can see who Jesus is and what he did for them. Amen? Amen. So, Stan, let's pray. Let's expand. Let's get expanded. Give us more than we can bear, God. Stretch us from the inside out. So, Father, we just thank you that that your Holy Spirit has poured out in us, on us, through us, to us. And, and Lord, we are asking. Actually, God, I am thanking you that our body is amazing. God, you have built a body that is amazing. And, and we want everyone to come alongside what you have planned. But, God, we thank you for our family here that has all said yes. They're like, yes, yes. So, God, as a family, we are praying, give us more than we can bear. Expand us, God. Expand us from the inside out so we can take all that you have for us. So we can be glory carriers. You know, a long time ago, Lord, you told me that I have to learn to stand in your glory. And in order to stand in your glory, we've got to be able to stand in the weight of your presence. So, God, give us the power to stand in in the weight of your presence so we can be glory distributors. So we can just pour out everything you have. All that you've given us freely, we've received freely, we give. And, And let us be that pure and holy and righteous family that you've called us to be. So if there's anything... That's gotten in our way, Lord. We just repent from it now. We just move it now. We say, God, take it. I'm turning away and just receiving more of you, Jesus. And we just thank you that these are the prayers that are an instant yes. So I just declare over all of us that there is a dynamic shift for each one of us today as as God downloads and expands what we're able to carry. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. So we've got prayer. If you'd like prayer, come get prayer. Thank you so much for listening. For more podcasts like this and to connect with me, go to my website, cindy-stewart.com. And remember, you are the best investment you can make.